Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. Today is a special episode, one that you have all been waiting for. I am here with my incredible trainer, Kristen Bennett. <laughs> you know, I like to say you're going to enhance your ability to trust and believe in something, but today, I think what's really, really great is not only are you going to learn about a magnificent human and how they inspire people, but you're also going to get a little behind the scenes on how I train and how when I say dig deeper, I definitely do it myself too. So enjoy this episode, but also I'm very sure there's going to be a lot of things in here for you to take and apply to your own life and your own training and your nutrition because we got a lot to cover, Miss Kristen. So, <laughs> so get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say it again. Oh, oh, oh. What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Kristen. I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for the last year. Can you believe we've been training together for a year? I truly can't believe it's already been a year. It's been probably the best, most fun time I've had. Oh, so thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. So before we get into, you know, our relationship, I think it's always good for people to really understand where people started from, you know, when they say started from the bottom, now I'm here. <laughs> but like, you know, let's talk about your life background, your fitness background, because people are automatically like, they always ask the question like, why, Sean, why do you need a trainer? But, you know, I think it would help answer that question beyond why I need a trainer, but answering it more in a way of like, this is the person who's training me. So let's take them back to the beginning of your, wherever you want to begin. I always played sports, you know, from the get go, you name it, everything, soccer, softball, Whatever I could do, I wanted to play sports, but I was always a heavier kid. So that was one of those things. And I was like, dang, why do my friends get to eat whatever they want? Why do they? So I started learning about health and nutrition from a pretty young age back in middle school. And that's when I decided you know, I was heavier than my friends and I didn't like that anymore. I wanted to get healthier and I wanted to feel more comfortable in my own skin. So I started watching what I was eating and I 
purchase Insanity. And I started work, doing the workouts in my own home and my parents' living room. And that's kind of what got me. In middle school. In middle school. I know. I started early on them. But it was just that extra little push of something different and with some like explosive exercises and power and starting to get stronger and more confident and what I was capable of doing without being you know, afraid of not doing the right thing because someone was coaching me on how to do it. So I felt yeah. comfortable doing it. After that, I started playing, you know, I still kept playing sports in high school and had a couple injuries, setbacks, which kind of took me down the path of, you know, I want to help people in the health and fitness world. How, how exactly am I going to do that? But when I got injured, I started going into physical therapy and I was like, wait, this is exactly how I want to help people. I want to, them to still be able to do everything that they love doing, but do it safely and effectively and being able to come back from an injury that some people might have to have surgery from. There are other options or other alternatives. So that's kind of what drove me down the path of physical therapy. And then in school, you know, I started doing my honors thesis, which was to put myself through a fitness competition. So I had that background already from you of fitness and put myself through a fitness competition and became obsessed with just getting stronger and being able to eat food and developing a really healthy relationship with food and seeing what my body was able to become when I pushed myself in ways that were past my comfort zone, past the normal with that good instruction and form and kind of took me down a completely different path from my cardio running nonstop that I was doing prior to. I was just a little cardio bunny there for a long time and not able to see the results I wanted. And it wasn't until I started really weight training that I was like, wait, I can, I can make something of my body when I just add some resistance and start to focus on strength training. And that's kind of what set my whole trajectory up a little differently and um, became personal trainer certified and started practicing, you know, training more and adding in my like expertise as a physical therapist for form and function, making sure we're not getting injured. And then that's kind of, I practiced that for years and years and got to eventually meet you. <laughs> well, before we get to that, that's yeah. a whole other story. I want to go back to your senior thesis because I think there's a lot of things in there. So, you know, you talked about the fact that you were a cardio bunny and there are so many people out there, me included. I used to be like, yeah. cardio is the way. It is the way to max confidence. It's the way to the best weight loss. It's the way to the best physique. It was just kind of like this thing that was beaten in our head. And then in addition to that, not only was it kind of like the thing, but then that filtered into your nutrition and eating less. It was like, do as much cardio as you can for as long as you can. And also like eliminate your diet. Yeah. So like, let's talk about what are some of the things you learned in that thesis that kind of like helped, like you said, you starting to lift weights and get stronger. Yeah. I think um, back to what you were hinting at. I, I mean, I was still playing where I was doing, you know, minimum 10 to 14 miles a day running and, you know, how little carbs can I eat with just some protein and you can't, your body can't sustain it. You do start, you're hurting yourself, your bones start breaking down, your muscles start eating away at itself, you can become very unhealthy doing quote unquote healthy things if you're not feeding your machine the way it needs to be fed. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I did that honors thesis when I was, you know, kind of forced to get out of my comfort zone of 
here's the food items you'll eat. You have to train this way. You have to minimize your cardio. And I was like, this is so past my comfort zone. I'm for sure going to gain weight. Like there's no way without it. And then you start getting along with you. Like, wait, I'm, I'm getting hungrier. I'm able to eat more food. My body's changing for the better. Maybe there is something to this that you can get stronger and you don't have to just deteriorate your body to get that result that you want, that tone look, the muscle development, because the more muscle you have, the, the faster your metabolism is. So I was kind of going around it the long way by doing solid cardio because I was forcing myself to burn all those calories where you start putting muscle on, your body's like, oh, wait, we can efficiently do this on our own. You don't have to go run every calorie off that you consume. And it became a really healthy concept of, you know, I have to fuel my machine in order for it to perform the way I want it to perform. But it was interesting because when I did that for my honors thesis, it was, I got to see how like vasodilation changes. So how your vessels dilate and constrict and actually increased the ability for your body to have a pump system, which is how we efficiently pump through our body with weight training. Cause that allows our, our vessels kind of start to learn this, this pumping system that we do when we train that it was kind of in a more sustained open position when I was doing long distance running. Yeah. So it became more efficient at circulating through our system. So that was something that really was an interesting thing. My bone density increased especially as females, that's super important. We always have issues of like osteoporosis and things like that as we age. So what is the age for women? I know at men, osteoporosis, like they say your bones are strongest at 30. Is it, is it younger for women and or why? Slightly younger, but it's more when we get into that menopausal stage that it drastically starts to become affected by the lack of hormone, that normal production that we would typically have. So when you get in that menopausal stage, your bone density is, you become very rather porous if you don't have the, they call it impact work, which running and things like that do help because it's impact, but without actually hurting your joints, which was what the strength training was allowing yes. to get that bone density, to load our muscles, to load the joints, but without that high impact of damaging something so we can do it for longer, longer period of time. I think that, you know, for the longest time when I was teaching fitness classes, even if I was doing, you know, body pump or, you know, something that was <laughs> yeah. weight training or like, you know, step and tone or 20, 20, 20, but you do like, you remember <laughs> yes. the 20, 20, you, like 20 minutes of cardio, 20 minutes of strength training, 20 minutes of abs, you know, it's like people are just, again, they're just there to move and they look at the calorie burn. But I think then you minimize, I would minimize the amount of weight people would lift because to be quite honest and just keeping it real, a lot of women would say, well, I don't want to bulk up. And I used to be like, you're not going to bulk up. Yeah. Like you're going to get stronger, but you're not going to bulk up. But I think the way you put it is helping people understand that the more muscle you have, the better and faster your metabolism. And I am literally a walking billboard for that. I always say, I can't believe I look like this at 200. Well, right now I'm anywhere between 215 to 220, but I'm like, I can't believe I look like this and feel like this and at this weight. And I'm still hungry. I'm eating way more food. And I don't stress about the food. Only time I stress about the food is how's it, how it's going to make me feel when I'm filming yeah. because I don't want to like, I just don't want to feel too full. But also one of the things 
because I am focused on my strength training and building muscle, I, I'm, I'm more focused on what I put in my body. Even though I'm putting more food in my body, I experience less bloating or stomach aches or like, to be quite honest, bad bowel movements, yeah. you know, because it's like everything is working toward the focus on me getting stronger, which I kind of want to push into a little bit. First, I want to say for those of you who don't know this story, I went to physical therapy because my shoulder, you know, I had shoulder surgery. I've talked about this a lot in the podcast and I've told them also, I think I told them like I was in physical therapy and the head physical therapist introduced Kristen to me. He's like, you know, one day or a couple of times, you know, you'll be working with Kristen. And I'm like, okay. And then the next time I came in there and Kristen just prancing around the physical therapy place. She's like, you know, just looking just, you know, it's funny. People can look at you and they think, oh my gosh, she's ripped or she's so strong or whatever. And when I saw you, I'm like, the amount of consistency that this person has to have to have a full-time job, to be helping people. And I know you work long hours and I know what it's like to be in a clinical setting and how drained you can be. I'm like, for her to look like this, this is a, someone's ability to be super consistent. And so she was walking by my table and I was like, um, can you can you be my personal trainer? And she was like, sure. And she kept walking. <laughs> and I looked at I looked at Matt, who was the head physical therapist. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she said, yeah. He was like, yeah, she's serious. And then we obviously came together. But I think that, you know, I was talking about food a little bit. And one of the things that I wanted to dive in on is I never before you had anyone develop a nutrition plan for me because I'm like, absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? But I trusted you. I was like, all right, she kicked my ass in the gym <laughs> a few yeah. times. She's like, I'm gonna make your nutrition plan. I'm like, okay. And I immediately internally, I was just a little bit stressed because I'm like, okay, what am I going to have to eat? I automatically went to that place of how much am I going to have to eliminate? And then Kristen gave me my nutrition plan. And I was like, holy shit, how the <laughs> f am I going to eat all this food in one day? I got excited, but I'm also like, wait a minute, you want me to eat this amount of food? And in addition to that, you're telling me I'm going to look better. It was just like, you know, obviously I know a lot in the nutrition space, but 100%. when I have to do it to myself or for myself, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So before we get into me specifically, how do you build people's nutrition plans? Because, you know, some people call it a diet. We call it a nutrition plan or food. Like how do you build their food to help people more understand why it's okay to eat more food yeah. when you're building. I think the biggest thing you do have to take into account when you're creating these programs are where the person's coming from in the first place. So for you, like you had not been eating in a surplus, that was not your normal lifestyle to, you have always been a pretty strict regimented eater for the, your life is in fitness. So getting someone out of the comfort zone of this is what I've done. Cause that's what I had to do. Someone had to break me out of that. Like, this is what I do. I do a ton of cardio and I just eat this, these simple things and this works, but to break that barrier of that might have worked, but what could happen if you just branch out and try this other plan, this other program, what could you become? And when I saw it for myself, I was like, say less. <laughs> I bought it. And like, you can convey it to someone else. Like, Trust me, I know it's scary at first. You're going to eat, I am going to have you eat more food and it's not going to be your normal, 
but I promise you'll get results with it. So that's like getting someone to first buy in of trusting the process because that's probably the scariest thing to do. Your brain is your main fighter to yourself of like what you're capable of doing. So you're like, no, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to get fat. I'm fat. No, but it took a while to get that. So once you kind of you break that down with the person, you're like, this is our goal. They tell you what they want. You wanted to get strong. You want to put some muscle on. You wanted to get more like developed. Okay. So that's the goal. We're going into a building phase. We're going to start adding some food and it's gradual in the sense of it's not we're going to add on 700 calories a meal compared to right. what you were typically <laughs> eating. It's getting your system used to like, okay, we're going to start adding some food. And then you gradually start adding more. But in order to build that program, we take into account like how many, how active you are, your height, your weight, your like personality style. If you have an active job, if you have a pretty sedentary job, all that kind of gets applied to it. What's realistic for how many days a week you could work out? What's the realistic number? And then if you can do cardio or things like that on top of it. So we take all of that into account and then we break it down into what time do you wake up? How late are you up at night? So we can divide your calories throughout the day in the span that you're awake. If I'm up for 12 hours, but I'm only going to eat in this strength, well, then we got to work within that window with you specifically. And most of my clients, I like to get them started eating early in the morning, kind of rub their metabolism up right away and then keep them eating every three, two and a half to three and a half hours, keeping so their blood sugar stays like level throughout. So in order to create that, that's why we have to take into account like what time do you wake up? What time do you go to bed? What are things you are not able to eat? What are you things allergic to? And working with, okay, so every meal is going to have some protein with it. Then what we do with carb sources are based on what they're able to eat, what works well with their digestive system, vegetables, things like that. Same kind of questions, fruits. I know like some yeah. people don't like avocado. So it's like, okay, well, what other fat sources could we utilize? But some of the biggest things are everything's really high quality foods. You know, you're not eating a bunch of, you don't even get hungry for the same snack items that you might've used to because you're full with really hearty, healthy, nutritious foods. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I would say that is my cravings, ironically, they just left. And I do want to be very clear, you know, when I started my nutrition program, it was just really interesting because I want to be very clear. If you're a person who's like, I want to get super shredded and I want to lose a lot of weight and I want to get ready for a show, like there is, while you'll still be eating probably more than you do now, there is, you know, <laughs> lesser calories yes. that you'll be putting in. But for me specifically, I wanted to be 220 pounds and look differently and feel stronger and be stronger. So I remember getting my meals and I was like, oh, I'm not just like what I like to call eating bird food for these five yeah. or six meals a day. Because when people a lot of time think I have to eat five to six times a day, they're thinking, 
I'm going to have like, you know, a handful of rice, you know, like have all these. And it's like, no, you're actually eating to the point where I would get to meal number five and I would be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm actually going to finish this. And then I remember after like a month, I used to be like, Kristen, I'm not hungry. Like, this is too much food. My body was changing. And then you were like, don't worry, like your metabolism's working, you'll see. And then all of a sudden, I just remember being like, I'm eating all this food. And two and a half hours later, like less than two and a half (laughs) hours later, I'm starving again, but I wasn't afraid to eat. And the last thing I want to say about that is that I also really like how you asked the question, what is your lifestyle like? Do you and your husband like to go out and have drinks? Mm -hmm. You know, on Sunday, you know, I never had a trainer. And also now my coach, they're like double teaming me because I have a physique coach as well. They're like, you're going to eat a burger and fries. Like (laughs) you're going to eat that fun food. You're going, you have to, you need to go eat sushi. And it really creates it. And you have to have that drink. Like this is Sunday, like enjoy it. We'll, we'll burn it and use it for your leg workout on Monday. And that was the other thing is it's, it's regimented. Obviously you really want to stick to the plan, but it's not so crazy that you're not walking around hangry is what I like to like to say. And that's like a joy. I think part of that is this is a lifestyle and it's not a diet, right? We're not dieting right now. When you get close to your show, you'll be, you won't love me so much. Or Justin. <laughs> However, we'll talk about that when we get That's close. a little different. <laughs> but for now, it's you want this to be sustainable. Like you could live on this for a really long time and feel okay with it cuz you still get to do the things you love. You get to go out to dinners, you get to have a drink every once in a while. It is it's not so crazy and regimented though that you're like I never get to do anything. I don't get to go to dinner with my friends. I don't, you can make everything still work within this lifestyle, which is so great. I think there is one thing I wanted to add to it with creating people's programs. It's being very realistic. Now, if you tell me you want to lose 20 pounds in two weeks, it's not a realistic, healthy way of losing weight like that. So mm-hmm. we have to you know, be very realistic of okay, well, we might not get there, but we can tone things up. We can change the body in different ways without it being the number per se that you're saying you need to drop. So being just very open with people of, you know, I have this goal and when people come with these goals or things that they want, okay, let's see if we can span this out for a longer period of time. Let your body get adjusted to this because it takes time even when you were just saying like adding the more food in. It took you a while to get adjusted to for your body to be able to, it takes time for us to learn the new process. Our body needs to figure it out too from our other way we had been doing it. Yeah, I think the consistency part is super important, which really makes me go into like the actual training portion of it. Because it was a point in time where Chris and I'd be working out and I would be doing like 20 reps of something. <laughs> and I would be like, oh my gosh, this burns so fucking bad. Like, I'm just like you have to be kidding me. And then I said to her one day, I'm like, I can't wait until I'm getting, I'm doing like 12, 10 and eight reps. And she looked at me, she said, it's not going to be any easier. (laughs) She's like, you're literally going to feel the same exact way. And then six months later, I'm like, holy crap. Like I'm only doing eight reps, but I'm literally expending the same amount of energy because of the progress of, in which I want to touch on is muscle development. A lot of people start working out right away and they, you know, they, they follow 
you know, an articles guideline. You're like, you're going to do 12, then 10, then eight reps or 15, 12 and 10. And I like how you train me to slow me down, try not to get a result overnight. And this like last year has been incredible because I saw my changes, but like talk about why you trained me the way you trained me and like how you, I mean, I saw like body composition changes consistently, but why we didn't just jump into like me lifting besides my shoulder. Yeah. Obviously I know I had shoulder injuries, yeah. but. So, so first thing was the shoulder injury, but it was more getting you, you'd been in fitness your entire life. It's just getting you to slow your motions down because you've been in explosive motions in through most of your programming. So getting you to slow it down and really make that muscle mind connection so that when we did go up in weights, when we did challenge it, when we did go drop our rep count so that we could challenge that weight even more, you felt every motion of what you're doing. If we just jump into that super heavy weight for eight reps, your body is utilizing everything it can to get that most that muscle up right? So if you're doing a chest press, your anterior delt, your back's coming in, your neck muscles are firing. Everything is like, how can we get this weight up in the air? Yeah. But when you have learned how to control your breath and you load your muscle properly, then you are truly pressing with an isolated muscle group with minimal activation from your supporting muscles. They need to be there. They all have to fire to support you. That's what keeps you safe and stable. But to have that control, which is developed with time. And it is through slower motion, some time under tension, that tempo training, getting to learn how to load your muscle, that you are able to fully activate what you're actually training. Mm -hmm. So that's when we could really start bumping up. When that started getting easy for you, it was like, okay, he's getting ready for this next phase that we can go into. And we can start challenging the weights that he's using. He's getting stronger. He's more stable here. He can do this with single arm. He can do this with both arms at the same time. So that's when the programming gets really fun. I just remember every time I, you would notice that something was easy <laughs> for me, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. That's really funny. You're always like, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I want to switch gears to kind of like your PT background, because yeah. obviously you're a doctor in physical therapy and you do other modalities that I want to touch on. But first I want to talk about physical therapy and what are some of the most common everyday injuries or ailments that you see? Like not a surgery like I had or like, you know, someone tore a meniscus or something like that. What are some reasons you see people come into the physical therapy because of just everyday stuff? I just yeah. want to kind of touch on that because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that may be feeling some of these things. <laughs> Everything, everything in between. That's why I say that. Probably the most common was low back pain. That is across the board from the age of 12 to age of 85. And in between every person in along the age spectrum, for whatever reason, back pain is huge. Neck pain, you know, like someone slept funny and it already starts activating just, and it's usually something else that triggered it, but that was the camel that broke this, uh, the straw, the straw that broke the camel's back <laughs> as I said that wrong. <laughs> knee pain or like a uh, shoulder, like impingement type pain, front, front of the shoulder, you know, just reaching up in a cabinet or holding a jug of milk in the elbow, things like that were super common. And it's just 
everyday things that become overused or done maybe in a less efficient manner of doing the activity. So it's getting your body retrained so they come in for PT for it. And it's unlearning old habits mm. and then relearning how to do that task, utilizing the muscles as opposed to using your joint. That so makes like, a lot of sense because I was going to say, you know, before I came to you, like doing a squat was painful me, to me. Doing lunges was terrible. It was just like, it was just, it all hurt so much. And now with building the muscle, like the protection of it, I'm you, I'm like, even today, you know, when I showed you, I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, like doing this narrow lunge, like over and over and over and over and over again. And I have the strength in the muscle that has, you know, the protection of the joint. It's like, I'm not relying on the joint. I'm relying on yeah. all the muscles that I trained around it to do the work. And it's not even that, like, I don't feel any knee pain at all, but like my range of motion increases. And it's, again, going back to physical therapy and everyday people, people aren't using their bodies in a way that they should, which is why exercise, even at a minimal amount, is just so important, you know? Absolutely. I think you're hitting on it, like, spot on of the joint itself is there to do its job. It's a hinge, so you got to bend lower through it. But if you have only two muscles firing on it, it's still going to be pulling it kind of wonky and the joint is still loading. But if you can get your whole system, which is why we would do a lot of single leg stuff and balance activities to get those tiny little muscles, the little intrinsic style muscles all working for you, getting your feet stronger. So working above and below the chain of wherever the injury was. So getting your feet stronger, getting your hips stronger mm -hmm. to help with your knee itself. So getting your whole lower chain able to support your body, which is, you know, you're getting bigger even. So you have more weight that you're having to hold on it. It's even more important to have a strong support system. Yeah. When we first started, like I even had like a hip flexor injury where I would just be like, oh my gosh, I was like, Kristen, I can't run. And you're like, and I'm thinking, you know, as, as a doctor, she's going to be like, oh, we're going to fix that. <laughs> we're gonna, she gave it zero. The way you want to train me, like we do these adductor and abductors every day, every day. And then all of a sudden, I remember one day you were like, okay, I was like, am I allowed to run today? You're like, okay, you're allowed to run. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have this pain anymore. And it's like you were saying, like using these intrinsic muscles, like using all of those individual muscles to the point where I would exercises I would do. I didn't even know like my leg was falling over and she would just be like, keep that in, squeeze this ball. And the reason why I say all that is because these are like these little things that people do when they work out that they don't know they're doing. So that is literally to answer your question, Sean, why do you have a trainer? She has a coach as well, you know, because, and I always like to say, you know, an Olympic gold medalist has a coach because we can see, we can feel ourselves doing it, but we can't always see what we're doing from the outside. And even when we were lifting at the gym the other day, shoulders, like Kristen was doing a shoulder press and her eccentric contraction. I'm like, your right elbow is like literally higher and not going as low. And it was like just super cool because I try not to like correct her because, you know, she's my, I was like, I'm a corrector today. Yes. And it, it's just cool to have that person with another set of eyes just out there being like, oh no, like, like, wow, like this is really uneven and you just don't know. And it's just like people have these injuries every single day and they're doing something and you can probably see someone do a squat 
And right away, you're probably like, they probably have some sort of injury right there or their back is hurting or like their hip joint or their, you know, piriform, like all these things could be in pain just by watching their, the way that they move and load in their body, yeah. you know? And that's usually like if I have a client come in for physical therapy type stuff, I'll have them do a couple mean motions like a squat, a pull down, things like that, just basic motions. And you get to see how they actually load their body. And a squat is one of the best ones because you're like, okay, they're not even loading their left butt cheek at all. They're like <laughs> right sides doing everything. Their knees collapsing. You're like, okay, let's figure this out because you might not even, and they might not necessarily notice they're in pain at all. You know, because they just adjusted but they've to done, that. Their body has compensated because the body is super efficient. It'll figure out any way of doing the motion it's trying to do in like the least efficient way mm. because it figures out it's most efficient, but it creates this cascade of effect for us, which makes it least efficient because now you're like, wait, now my back hurts. Now my butt's not loading. My ankle's not doing something because it's figured out how to still do that squat though. Yeah. But do you fix those simple things on them? And they're like, oh my gosh, my workout is way different. My abs look different. I'm engaging my core. I can feel this. My back feels different. And you're like, all we did was like turn on your foot, just getting some muscles to activate in through there. And it changes everything up and down the chain. So it's really interesting for people. And they, they might not even notice they're doing it wrong because their proprioception of their normal is their normal. So it's like you saw something on my shoulder the other day. I was like, dang, I, now that you pointed out, I would like really do feel that difference of Isn't like that a few centimeters and it makes a huge it difference. It was like such a small difference that I'm like, you know, the unevenness I know can eventually cause something. A hundred percent. And even like you said, most Olympians, they all have coaches, the professional bodybuilders, every single one of them has a coach and you're like, but they know everything about it. You're right. They do. And they need someone else to kind of make sure their form's on point, give them that instruction when your brain's like, I just want to show up and work out today. Yes. You just show up and someone else is making sure that everything's firing the way it should be. But don't get it twisted. It's hard as hell because <laughs> yeah. like, oh God, like I have chest. We're going to do a chest for God that is, and I'm already like, you know, in a good way stressed about it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But let's talk about some other modalities that you do, because I think if people haven't been to physical therapy or maybe they just don't get body work often, they don't really know. So let's talk about dry needling, the thing that I hate the most I in my love entire. The most. I, you love it the most and I hate it the most. She has her needles and I'm like, 
oh no, you know, I'm good. Like, I'll, I don't need, she's like, you know, your abs tightened up the other day. You want me to get some needles in there? I'm like, oh no, you know, I'm okay. But let's talk about dry needling because people don't, a lot of people don't even know what that is. Yeah. So dry needling is a, an awesome modality to utilize. It's similar on the sense, I'll say, we use the same needles as acupuncture. People seem to be more familiar with acupuncture. Mm-hmm. They've heard of it more so sometimes than dry needling. So I usually will reference, we use the same needles as an acupuncturist. Our goals are just different. So if an acupuncturist puts needles in, you know, say this portion of your thumb and it's, well, that's actually your stomach and that's digestion. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm super happy I can help you with your digestion if that is a thing. But I'm like, nope, that's your thenar eminence. And I'm going to release that muscle right there because that's what I'm targeting. So our goal is different. But the concept behind it, like when we did stuff with your shoulders, we're trying to disrupt that nervous system. So kind of the system is locked or tight for whatever reason for you is because you just had surgery. So your, your body's in protection mode lock everything down, protect us. We haven't been able to move. Let's stay there. We feel safe. So getting the nervous system to wake back up. So typically if you want to extend your arm, your brain tells your arm, like lift my arm. So when you could get twitches, when I put a needle in there and you'd get a twitch, (laughs) it changes that cascade. So typically from the brain to the muscle to extend, the twitch happened here, which sends a new signal to the brain that's like, hey, something's going on in that shoulder. We need to figure it out. We need to change whatever's happening there. So it sends a different message of kind of getting that muscle to calm down. So that twitch changed the entire firing process of that muscle. So you start getting like a relaxation. And even if a muscle is kind of, so if you feel, let's say, a really bad knot in your upper trap, you're like, I just get massages here. I work on it all the time. I can't seem to get it to relax. Well, you can put a needle in there and get that twitch to happen so you actually get a release of it as opposed to just getting that top surface muscle that you work over and over and over again in massages. You can neurologically change how tight it is by doing that needling. So that's one way. Or like after the surgery when some muscles weren't firing well, we can needle them to almost wake them back up. Like you, you haven't firing in a while, you got your rest, now we need you to work. So you can needle it and wake it back up. And the nervous system's like, oh yeah, there's that connection to that spot. But it needed a direct source of stimulus to remind the system that connection, that to make that muscle-mind connection. It's like the central nervous system is so it's the craziest thing. Because also the kinetic chain, like what we were talking about with people in squats and like not loading both of their glutes and It's just a way for people to understand, even just beyond the fitness for me, and just like your body, like my grandfather used to say, your body is your temple, is like, the more it is like in a cohesive state, and it's working together, literally, the better you feel. And when people talk about mobility training, or even just something as simple as stretching, every time I get a massage, and they're doing stretching, they're like, wow, you're flexible. Like most people aren't this flexible, like their leg stops here. I stretch every day. But while I don't stretch like I did when I was a dancer, it's it's amazing how like, and I'm going back to my shoulder when I did not stretch my shoulder. And like, I would be laying on the table and I couldn't even get my shoulder higher than this. Yeah. And then it was here and it was just like, and it was a telltale sign of like, 
this is what happens when your body like literally stops for people years and years who not moving at all, like just not moving at all or sitting. Maybe you, like you said, people have sedentary jobs and you're not getting that walk in or that bike ride or just something so simple to just like keep your body moving, how these things lock up and how that's how injuries, you know, happen. I mean, there's other ways that injuries happen as well. All right. So kind of like not to close this out because we'll be together all the time and there'll be more with Kristen. What are some of the most fascinating things that you learned? I've always wanted to ask you this and I didn't learn about the human body as you were going through your, you know, your schooling and all of the, I mean, you've done so many courses on so many different things and body work. Like what are some of the most fascinating either studies or I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Okay. I only say that because, you know, you train Scott, you train me, you train Chip. People are always like, why you get all the hot guys? And we're like, thanks. But like, what are some of the most like kind of fascinating studies or even if it's just one that you learned along the way? Not necessarily like a study base, but just how unique every single human body is. So you just listed three people, all very fit people. And every single one of you needs a different way of training and different cues to make your system work. I think that's kind of one of the most interesting things is how different every person is. We can still do similar motions to activate it. Just little cues here and there can help change it. But I think the other like aspect of that is kind of what we're talking about, the central nervous system, how every single thing in our body affects something else. Mm. So some of, one of the newer courses I've been taking is this like neurokinetic therapy. So it's kind of learning how the nervous system is connected to everything in your body. So everything you've gone through, shoulder surgery, little scars, they all impact our, our muscles, our nervous system. So something could cause one muscle to overfire. So it becomes overstimulated and working more efficiently than the counter of it. So say, my foot flexors were working really well, but my toe extensors are not. So then you start getting this developmental pattern walking during all your exercises and you could get horrible, say, back pain. And you're like, why am I having horrible back pain? Yeah, everything checks out. It's not my back, not my back, nothing. But it's this one motion that you're doing from walking because you do it with everything. But because one muscle's working too much and the other one's not working enough, so it's just getting a muscle to kind of calm down and the other one to turn on a little bit more. And you're like, wait, my back pain's gone. Mm -hmm. So I think it, that's kind of one of the more interesting things I've kind of progressed my education in is this whole new concept of we already knew the nervous system makes everything fire, but how drastically that signal to certain muscles can affect everyday life and aches and pains you had in your shoulder could come from your foot and just seeing how intertwined our body is. I think that's probably one of the most fascinating things. I love that. And as you know, and a lot of other people don't know, but heading to Australia for my first body work retreat, I'm so excited. And I'm already planning to do like, I got the body work, then I'm going to do scraping and bodybuilding too. One of the reasons why I got into fitness one was like the motivation aspect, but the other part was when I started taking kinesiology, I was obsessed, mm -hmm. like obsessed. And now being able to build my body, heal injuries, even now in my newer workouts, like really cueing the mind muscle connection, I literally want to get somebody on the table 
And I want to like draw the outline like of their body and like feel, because I just think it's like super fascinating to do yeah. that. So yeah, so that's fun. You've been an inspiration there as well. She inspires me every day. She doesn't like to hear it, but it's true. It's very, very true. It's a very mutual feeling. (laughs) I do like to ask people, because this podcast is called Trust and Believe, what is your definition of trust and believe? My definition of trust and believe is trusting your gut instinct Mm. for situations, kind of what you feel to be right for you, believing it wholeheartedly because that is how you feel that's giving you that gut feeling with any aspect of life and executing on that. I love it. Take action. That is like, uh, take action. A lot of people might be like, Oh, you know, how do I get in touch with Kristen? Just follow my page. I tag her every day (laughs) in something. We're getting her social media back on track. One of the things that she's done in the past year, which I'm super, you know, proud of you for is, she, I would say, resigned from the PT clinic, opened up her own business, really helping people out individually, daily. Just follow my Instagram. <laughs> well, if you need to reach out there, she's in the Scottsdale area and she works on people all the time, all day long <laughs> till 7 p.m. at night because she loves being a healer. Do you have any other words of encouragement for the people as they continue their journeys, be it mental, physical, or body? Yeah. It's never too late to start and any part you start at, it's never too small either. So do one little change today and continue to build on those changes. And it's just the discipline of doing it, that task every day, and you will see crazy results if you just stick with it. I think that's been... Yeah. And don't rush the process. Yeah. Enjoy it because you have more time than you think you do. And those little changes every day just become habitual and you build that discipline to it. So it doesn't feel like a task or a chore that you have to do. It's just your daily habits. And you start to really fall in love with the changes you're making, what you see in your body, the little bit healthier you're getting, your blood work gets better, you're happier, you get better sleep quality. These these little changes keep compounding on each other. And you're like, wait, I'm like, really happy in life right now and (laughs) you don't realize it's just those little changes that happen small changes big rewards i hope you guys enjoyed the show make sure you go leave a review make sure you follow me on social to get in touch with kristen (laughs) because i post her more than she posts herself that's true (laughs) like i always say always trust and believe